When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Day two just concluded moments ago. I'm your host, Gordon, with Olivia Ekpone. Wow. Noah Lyles. <laughs> he did it. Yeah. He talked the talk and he just walked the walk. He's now halfway to his double prediction that he wanted to win the one and the two. Obviously, the one was the one that had the question mark, the 200. We feel like he's a heavy favorite for that. But now that the fact that he got this 100, the comparisons of what Noah Lyles can be, can become as a one-two type athlete. I mean, I'm going all of it. anyway. Olivia, how you doing? I'm sorry, I I just started <laughs> diving into Noah Lyles territory. But how you doing? How are you? I'm doing great actually because I had I was rooting for Noah Lyles to win the hundred, and you know it's a great it's a great afternoon here in Austin. So great, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, Kevin was uh, predicting the one and two double, so now he's probably sitting at home right now, really happy because Noah Lyles is halfway to that prediction. Uh, we'll talk about Fred Curley not making the final. We never got to see the Curley versus Noah show, uh, but so much to go on. There's the 10Ks, uh, some more, uh, some other field finals. Uh, but before we get into that, we do have to thank our sponsors because we forgot to thank our sponsors yesterday. So we are sponsored by Wonderful Pistachios. Are you looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that packs a real protein punch? Crack into a good source of protein with tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving of Wonderful Pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there, but that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which may help you keep, which may help you keep you feeling fuller longer. And the best part, not only does Noah Lyles win the 100, but wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying it with your family or friends, taking them with you on your summer adventures. So if, whether you're dropping your kiddos or running between meetings or winning the 100 meter dash, fuel up with some healthy, with the healthy tasty snack. Wonderful pistachios will be your new go-to snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about the little green wonders Compare your day, man. Day two, Olivia. Obviously, the story is what Noah Lyles did, but what's the other story? What would you say is the? How would you rate that day? How would you rate today, based off of what happened in the morning sessions, evening session, and ultimately ending with the Noah Lyles victory? I feel like it's slightly better than yesterday's. Not as many falls today which i was really happy about um but there was just a lot of things that were building up to the evening session especially when we're talking about that hundred you mentioned fred Curley, defending world champion out in the semifinals, and he didn't look like the same fred he it almost looked like he was too comfortable in the hundred 
didn't like it's a semifinals like you have to make sure you execute grabbing those top spots and clearly afterwards he was just disappointed in his overall performance he finished ninth overall with a 1002 and then just thinking about what Noah Lyles did complete opposite of what Fred did <laughs> Noah Lyles 70 meters into that race started celebrating Gordon like pumping his hands up and then high stepping it across the finish line. And to be honest with you, Gordon, when I saw him run that semifinal round, that's when I knew that we were going to see something special from Noah Lyles in that final. It just looked like he put everything together. His start was a lot better than what it was yesterday. I think we can all agree there. He pushed out of the blocks. He was aggressive and just like eased up and it was still beautiful to watch. So even just seeing what was happening in that morning session, specifically with Noah Lyles, it kind of just alluded to what we were going to see this evening. And I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. How are you feeling about what just unfolded right before our eyes, moments before we went live? Yeah, I will say there, there's a disappointment that Fred wasn't in that final because I feel like Fred should have been in there. I think he made more of a tactical mistake than a talent mistake. Fred is one of the top eight runners in the world. And that's the thing about championship races that sometimes favorites, people just have a brain fart and just aren't there mentally or physically. And whether you should be in the final, but you get knocked out. And so it was a little bit disappointing that we didn't get to see Fred versus Noah versus everyone else. Um, but at the same time, we saw other athletes step up in that semis. I mean, Christian Coleman looked very good in the semis. He also ran a nine, eight, similar to Noah. And the, we said there was a conglomerate of guys, right? You had Tobogo, Hughes, Coleman, Noah Lyles, and uh, Ferdinand Omanyala. And you could go on and on. And it was like, Hey, this is a toss up. And it became an ultimate toss up when the defending world champion, the top three medalists from last year, none of them were in the final. And so you knew, Hey, Bleak Seville is the, top returner right now. And he looked good in his yeah. semi. So you just think it's for anyone's picking and whoever's going to be able to put together in two hours later, what's going to do. It. And it was Noah Lyles. And it wasn't a dominating run by Noah because he was pushed. There is what fourth place ran, still ran nine, eight, the top four mm -hmm. all ran nine, eight. And Christian Coleman ran nine ninety two and finished fifth. So Tobogo and Hughes had a, a shot and so that wasn't like a, a annihilation for Lyles but mm -hmm. the fact that Lyles runs this quick in this deep of a race shows that he has successfully in my opinion achieved I'm a world caliber gold medal type 100 meter runner obviously he won the gold so obviously he's a gold type runner but <laughs> there was that question mark Basically, his entire career. Yeah. When will he become a 100 guy? And even though he had some good 60s, and even though he you know qualifies for the team at USA's, there still is that question mark. This guy got third at USA's. He was third at mm -hmm. USA's. And now he's a world champion. He has answered all the questions. It's now a complete sentence. Noah Lyles is the fastest man in the world. And it's wild. Yes. It is wild. And I think also just knowing no, no allows the strengths, right? Like we know he's a finisher. 
And I, we could see it like visibly when we're watching this, that like his start was great. Middle of the race, it was just like, okay, is he going to get into this other gear? And then quickly we just see that race unfold to where it was just like, okay, Noah Lyles is coming for Christian Coleman's because Christian Coleman was leading that race. And I think the, the rest of the field, we already know Christian Coleman has that rocket start and the rest of the field just like slowly and all of a sudden quickly just like came up on him and Noah Lyles just came across that finish line and first winning, winning the gold. So like you said, he made a statement. This is definitely going to give him the confidence and the boost that he needs going into now the 200, which is where I feel like his bread and butter is. I'm excited for that. He has very big goals for that 200 and I'm just, I'm just here for the ride. And you got to imagine Noah Lyles was not a nine, eight, three guy. Last year, when he ran his 19 3. Now we're going to have a 983 guy run a 200. We're going to have a 100 meter world champion run the 200. He's going to be better than what he did last year. There's no way he's going to have a subpar race from last year. And if he's going to have a better race than last year, we're going to be talking about 19 twos, maybe 19 ones. World record is still kind of wild. It's still <laughs> blasphemous to say. I told I, I try to predict a world record for Fred Curley, and the entire country of Jamaica came at me, deservingly. Even Bolt came at me. So I'm not going to say Noah Lyles is going to break the world record. But if you're unbiased and you see what he did last year and you see how he developed into a now a 983 guy – you got to think if it's not this year, it could be the Olympic year. Like in the next one to two to three years, Noah Lyles is going to give us at least one shocking performance. At least. At least. I think it's going to come sooner than what you think, maybe. You think it'll come this week? I'm crossing my fingers for it. I really am. I, and I, And you pretty much just said it too. Like just think about what he did last year. What we just saw moments ago, not even 30 minutes ago, what he did in that 100. He's stronger. He's faster. I feel like he's more focused. The confidence is there. It's just putting the race together now. I think we could see a 19-2. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say we see a 19-1. I'm not ready for that. I'm ready. What a bolt run in the 100 prior to his 1919 because he ran in 2009 so i want to bring up his 100 2009 so yeah it, i mean he ran nine he ran nine five the year he ran 1919 so again i think if yeah i remember it is 983 like 983 is good but it's still like the 76 fastest time run right people have mm-hmm. run 198s people have run 197s multiple times but i do think he's just he's gonna he's gonna notch it down i think he's gonna run 19 too high maybe 19 too mid and then after a whole year of establishing 100 going into the next year he can become the nine like you said maybe the nine six 19 one guy he thought he could become and maybe he's just a one year ahead of it okay fair enough stay tuned for the rest what of about 
What about the other athletes? Tobogo, Hughes, Seville, all run 988. It's wild. Second, third, and fourth yeah. all run 988. Seville, man, guy runs 988 and gets fourth. <laughs> like, I know. come on. It's wild. It's, it's insane. What are your thoughts on the uh, other remaining athletes outside of Lyles, obviously? Yeah, well, I think every, this was a really fast final as to be expected. And, you know, it, it was just wonderful to kind of unwatched. And it was just, it was just fast. That's all I can really say. Everyone else ran well. Tobogo, I think, very impressive. 988. Mm -hmm. um, national record. Hughes, great. Yeah, national record. Hughes, 988. I mean, they were all separated by 0 .001 and 003. Um, only one American in the top three after sweeping last year. And it's mm -hmm. the American wasn't even in the final last year. Coleman being a consistent finals qualifier, but man, if I feel like Coleman, I think he's still probably recovering from like, if he didn't have that suspension where he had to sit out the Olympic year, you got to imagine Coleman would be more in the, the nine eights in this race than the nine nine two because he looked good in the semis. Um but hey that's why they run the race. So Lyles champ Tobogo second Hughes third Jamaica no 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 I thought I thought this was the year to get Jamaica at least I thought Seville was gonna medal. I felt like he yeah, learned, I did especially too. with the yeah Man, the way Seville was looking to... through the rounds I was definitely expecting a medal from him. So, again, you just never what know what happens in a world championship final. What do you think Fred's thinking right now when he had to watch that race? Do you think he watched it? What do you think he did? That's tough. That hate, that's the ultimate hate I, watch. I feel, I feel like it's too... He was so upset. And, you know, he has every right to feel how he felt like it just, it did not come together for him in that semifinals. Personally, I probably would not have watched it if I was in Fred's position, just because it happened like the same day within hours of like you not making that final. I would have to let it simmer. I would probably watch it the next day. Yeah, I don't think I could have watched it right now live. Well, we probably got like a notification on his phone. Uh, he probably watched it. I think he watched. He just stood there and was like, oh, God damn it. You know, but now he's motivated to, you know, try to win his his first ever Olympic gold because he wasn't, yeah. he came up short in 2021. And now, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge. Noah Lyles is no longer the the new guy coming to the hundred meter party. He's now the host. He is now the place where yeah. he's the host of the party. We moved, we party. moved houses. We were in Coleman's house in 2019. <laughs> and then Jacobs was doing a little thing in his apartment complex one year. And then Curly built his land and was owning the land last year. And now Lyles is moving in and he's got a, <laughs> he's, 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 He's taken over the lease for at least one more year. Yeah, exactly. All right. See if there's any thoughts in the chat. Check out the chat. Uh, people are saying. Uh, to, 
Go ahead, Bogo is taking the 200. That's what Daniel says. I don't know, man. Mm. I'm the biggest, like, trying to predict the 200 to be Kenny B, but even I am telling myself, Gordon, you got to let that go. Noah Lyles is not losing. So if he was going to lose any race, it was going to be this one, and he didn't lose it. Exactly. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say while you were pulling up the chat, we also had another final right before it, the 10K. Wanted to get your thoughts on the defending world champ versus the Olympic champ. Final takeaway. Yeah, I mean, the weather was certainly a factor, so they went out slow. Uganda, classically, always finding a way to, like, get a pacer on their team, which is wild. That Uganda's able yeah. to, like, yeah, we get three spots. We're just going to use one of the spots for a pacer. <laughs> Imagine if the U.S. did that. Imagine if the U.S. is like, we're going to send our two best guys, but then our third guy or gal is just going to be there to, to rabbit. It's kind That's of a, kind of mind blowing. It's kind of mind blowing to do that. But they're top two people. Kip Limo wasn't there, but Kip Limo and Chepta Guy kind of deserve a pacer, I guess. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought, to be honest, if it was going to be slow, there could be a chance you could have had some weird upset. Grant Fisher was fourth yeah. last year. Woody Kincaid showed they had a great kick. And I was like, hey, if they can stay in it, you never know. But Shepta guy and Berega, they just showed that they are at a different class and it kind of wasn't even close. Yes, there was that weird moment with like 200 to go, maybe 150 to go, where it looked like maybe they're going to catch Chepta guy. But hey, man, Chepta guys, he's good. And I'm excited to see him race Jakob in the, in the 5K. Uh, I still think Jakob, mm-hmm. we'll talk about Jakob in this podcast later, but Chepta guy gets the win. Obviously, the time means nothing. Um, Kenya, though, getting a medal in the 10K, something that hasn't happened in a long time. This meet, mm-hmm. this race has been dominated by the Ethiopians and Ugandans. So big ups for Kenya. And I guess Americans, uh, Kincaid finished 11th. Uh, McGordy finished 18th. But they just weren't ever in it. They As soon as there was a move made with like 2K to go, only Mohamed was the North American who was able to hold on to that pace, and then the rest was history. But it was kind of a very similar race to last year. You know, there was a thought that maybe Chepta Guy was going to get caught, but then in the end, he wins by five to seven meters and uh, wins, they said, is his third world title in yeah. the 10K? So, yeah. I don't, now, when he made his yeah. move, at the 450 mark, what was kind of going through your mind when you were watching that? Well, you just always think, all right, if you're going to make a move in a non-normal spot, because typically you make your moves two laps out, 400 out, 300 out, but 450s, if you want to get that extra 50 meters on your competition, you're only doing that if you're extremely confident in your ability. Yeah. When you're not confident, you let someone else do it for you. But when you're confident, you're like, we're making a move at 476 meters because I just know I can do this extra 76 meters. So when he did that, I was like, oh, okay. This is a very confident chapter guy. He's confident in his kick. And uh, he wanted to just control the environment. So he's like, all right. Everyone expects a last 400 
kick, I'm just going to go at 450, and I'm confident. I mean, it shows that he's experienced and the ability to dictate his future. He dictated, I want to be here at this moment. I want to use up this much energy, and I trust my body to be able to handle an all-out 450 as opposed to only an all-out 400 or all-out 300. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like it was a very bold statement on his end. He's like, okay, I feel confident. I'm just going for it and I'm holding on. And throughout the course of the last 450, he's just kind of looking around too. He's just like, okay, I just want to make sure I secured this spot and I'm just going to make sure I get to that finish line. So I thought I agree with you. I felt like that was just kind of that confidence move. I don't know if anybody was necessarily expecting it because as soon as the move was made, like then the rest of you know, that pack kind of followed suit. Yeah. Now we get to see, though, him go up against, like I said, Jakob. Let's talk about uh, Jakob really quick. Speaking okay. of controlling your race, in the the men's 1,500-meter heats, <laughs> uh, Yarn Goose looked good. He ran very casual, it felt, looked very comfortable, very relaxed. He looked like, hey, I am trying to meddle. I know that these first two heats are going to be, like, I just have to be as smooth as possible and, like, not fight for top six. Like, he the only time he actually put any effort, I felt, was when Yard in the final, like, one meter, when he's like, all right, I'll do the lean. He leaned in one meter. (laughs) That was his only time he effort. He ran, he basically ran a one meter race. It was a one meter race. For Yarnigus. Because outside of that, he was just cruising. Uh, but Jakob, I think, was the story of this 1500. Because he mm-hmm. decided to just have fun. He's like, I'm going to make this race hard. I'm going to trap myself on purpose. I'm going to make it. There's a moment where he could have gone wide to pass people. But he chose with not that much time left or real estate left. He's like, I'm going to stay on the inside for no extra, re- for no reason at all to make it even. He he tried to make the race hard on himself. He was just, he was practicing. He was like, let's see, let's do some shadow boxing with my athletes. I mean, <laughs> when you saw Jakob boxed in with 300 to go, did, did you sense any panic or what were you thinking? I definitely sense that from my experience watching it, just, I don't even know if he meant to get himself boxed in, but there was definitely panic on my end because I'm like 300 meters to go and you have no way of getting out of this position that you're in. You were on the rail. This, this pack is so tight. Like you're not gonna be able to get yourself out of it. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, window of opportunity and Jakob just did his thing and then just cruised. So I felt with him looking around, that also could just could have been like being observant of where the other competitors were so he could make that move. I felt like there was a sense of panic, but that also could have been on my end because I'm screaming at the TV like, what are we doing right now? And the fact that he comes down the home stretch, waves to the crowd, points to the crowd. Twice. I'm twice. I'm that guy. I got myself out of the hole. I'm going to come across this finish line. And do what I need to do. There, there's a lot of waving. I mean, we'll talk about it in the women's hundred, but Shakari did the same thing yeah. when she was crossing the finish line. Uh, Cole Hawker gets through. 
Nagus gets through, Jakob and all the big players. I think the biggest surprise, to be honest, was uh, Katir, Mohamed Katir of Spain, not getting through. Uh, I considered him a wild card challenger to even Jakob. I thought he was like 80% chance he was going to get at least top three. And now he's not even in the final. It definitely yeah. opens it up for Nagus to medal. Because Jakob, we know, is meddling. He's going to win. So you're like, there's two spots. And you're like, all right, Katir, he's going to get a spot. So then you're like, all right, Nagus, you only got one spot to go. But now Nagus has two spots, two, opportun- two opportunities to get a medal. And uh, mm-hmm. you got to like you gotta like the USA's chances. I mean, Hawker still look good. He's third in his heat. Um, but Nagus, I think, I think Nagus is going to get his first medal. I think so, too. Is it going to be silver or bronze? It's going to be gold. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be gold. <laughs> if, <laughs> if Nagus got gold, though, that... here's the thing. Jakob lost last year. But mm-hmm. every race since that loss, it makes that loss seem more and more weird and more and more how the hell did that happen? Because a lot of times... Yeah. It's track. Things happen. Like, upsets happen. But that upset just felt different. Like, that felt like a different type of upset. That's like, it was, it just, it, it makes no sense. It's like Steph Curry missing a game winning. It'd be like Steph Curry. Oh, yeah. yeah, not that, or he has to make two free throws to win the game and he misses both. He has to make one of, he has to go one for two from the free throw line and he misses both. Like, that would never happen. Steph Curry's not going to miss two free throws. Jakob Ingerberson is not going to miss, not going to lose a 1,500 in his prime, but he did. And I think because of that, he's never going to lose again until he, like, dies. I don't know. No, obviously <laughs> not until he dies, but you get the idea. So, yeah. But, yeah, Nagus has a shot. Nagus has a shot. So that's exciting. What do you think of the, right. the women's semis in the 1,500? Corey McGee. Yes, let's talk about I Corey remember, McGee. Yeah. So I'm not sure when it was on this podcast, like this year or last year or two years ago. Corey McGee made her first world team in 2013, I believe, when she was still a Florida Gator. It's now 2023. So it's been 10 years. And she's always just around. Like she's always in the shadow of like the Jenny, Jenny Simpsons, the Shannon Roberries. Shelby, when Shelby was doing a thing, then there was uh, Al Purier, and then now Nikki Hiltz, because Corey isn't really ever winning USA's. But you know what Corey's doing? She's getting to world championship finals, and she's pretty damn good at yeah. it. And she's the only American to make the final here. Now, you could argue she got a little bit lucky, because let's be honest, when it's top six only, and Safana San and Faith Kipiegan are in the same heat, that seems a little unfair. It seems a little unfair that the projected <laughs> one, two people are on one side versus the other. But McGee would have made it, I think, even if she was in the other heat because she ran so well. Um, but big ups to Corey McGee. I'm excited to see how she does. I still think a medal is going to be out of the reach because of how good the women's 15 is. But she just looked in the control and ran the race. And, you know... Just ran very simple round one, round two. I'm in the final. 
The entire season has been worth it. All the training, all I wanted to do was be in the final 12. And now I'm here. Now she gets to chill for a couple of days and see if she can, you know, shock the world and maybe get a medal. So here are my thoughts. I was in pure panic watching Corey McGee. Her being on this rail and being boxed in 99.9% of the time, I'm like screaming at the TV, like, Corey, I need you to find an opening. But she ended up, you know, doing what she needed to do. Clean, fourth in the heat, 402. My question to you now, Gordon, is do you think she's going to run the same way like she did for the rounds in this final? Yeah, I mean, she's going to run the same way. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I want to ask you, though, what's with you and hating the rail? You see Jakob against the rail. You're like, oh, I'm nervous for you in the rail. Corey's against the rail. Do you and rail have, like, some beef? Do you just, like, not like the, the rail? The rail is a good place to be. It's the shortest distance. It's great to it just run the shortest really distance. Sticky. It gets really sticky when you are looking at events 800 meters and up. The the opportunity to get boxed in is so high. It it's just like you're you're just hoping that someone to your right can't make a move or they make a move to give you an opening. Like it's too dependent on what's going on to the right of you. That's why I was a sprinter. I stayed in my own lane the whole way. Yeah, so no one way. you like when people you don't you like know? it when people hug your lane. No. Do you look absolutely not? You know what, Olivia? Actually, maybe this your phobia of the rail is centered around you hated running in lane one as a sprinter because you hated the, the sharp curve. And you kind of translating that into your analysis post running. Maybe that's what it that is. That might be true. That might be it. But also just realistically, even if you were not aware what track and field was and you were watching it for the first time, I think they would agree being on the rail is you're taking a huge risk. Yes, you're yeah. running the shortest distance, but are you going to put that at risk? For you to make sure you get into that final. Because again, yeah, like I said, you're just hoping that someone to the right of you gives you a space to do so. Yeah. But this, thoughts, you know, if you're talented enough, you find a way. You find a way. It's better than running. You don't want to. Would you rather run an entire race in lane three and you never have to worry about people or in lane one where you have to worry about people? I just would not be on the rail. Like, get me away. So you'd rather from run in lane three. Rail. You'd you would rather run in lane three. Yes, yes. So you'd rather run like twelve more meters than everyone. Ten more. Yes, meters. I have control of how far out I go. Yeah, but you're running farther distance. I don't want to be boxed in. You gotta I be look efficient. At the track ahead of me. You gotta be efficient, Olivia. You gotta be efficient. You gotta be efficient. That's very true. But again. It's at the expense of other people. I would like to know their thoughts too. That's just my hot take on it. So let's talk about this woman's hundred. Yes. The big five, which is Shelly Ann, Sharika, Shakari, Julian Alfred, and Tulu. They all do their thing. They all do the thing. They all yeah. They all do their thing. So we tried doing this last time. Last yesterday, we watched, and then we we're like, "Thank you, Fred." We we I remember we said Fred Curley looked good in the hundred meter heats, and we we're like, "I right, watch out." And we said Noah Lyles looked good too, but 
we were confident in Curly after that first round. So is mm -hmm. there a chance one of these five women could have a Fred Curly type performance and get knocked out in the semis? Like, because all five women look great, but you know, people look great. And then all of a sudden, 24 hours later, you're getting ninth and you're not in the final. So do you believe all five women will make the final? Because I mean, I'm looking at the heats. I think Tulu, Sharika, and Shakari are all in the same heat. Okay. So Shelly Ann's in heat one. Shakari Richardson, Tulu, and Sharika are in heat two. And then Julian Alford's in heat three. So Julian and Shelly Ann are going to the final. Do you think all five get in? I think so. In the here's the thing: when I think of Shelly Ann, Sharika Jackson, those two names specifically have experience running rounds, especially Shelly Ann. She's been doing this since forever, right? Our lifetime, multiple yeah. times, her whole lifetime. She knows how to run these rounds. My only if I if I was to have a question mark on anybody. It would either be Jillian Alfred or Shakiri Richardson. However, kind of similar to yesterday, Shakiri Richardson looked very controlled today. She didn't put everything out there. She was conservative, did what she needed to do. But again, as we move into semis, the times are getting faster. You know, the qualifications to get in are quicker. But I have a feeling that all five of these women are going to make it into this final. They look good. Yeah, I the mean, only thing the, that might be against it is just experience. Yeah, and it's going to come. The thing is, though, the fact that Sharika and Shakari and Tulu, if one of them doesn't make it, it's going to be one of those three. And you just said Sharika yeah. looked good. Yeah, and she has the experience. Shakari looked good, and Tulu, I think, can win gold. So it feels really weird to like take one of those three out. But one of those three is going to get third in their heat. And one of those three is going to have to get in on time. Right. Like that's going to happen. So yeah, it's kind of unfortunate because you kind of wish it would have been two, two, and one, not one, three, and one. Because now if there was two, two, and one, then everyone just gets the big cues and you're in. But now there's a chance that your little cue isn't a big enough cue. Your little cue isn't cue enough. So... <laughs> I think they'll be okay, to be honest with you. And I feel like going into that semifinal heat, you're going to have to know, like, you're going to have to make sure you don't exert all your energy, but, like, maybe 95% of it, if you want to guarantee yourself in that final. Yeah. There's no room for hiccups now. I'm excited. I hope all five make the final because I yeah. want to see – the big five sort themselves out. We've been, you know, you put Shelly on the top because of her history, but Shelly has admitted that she's not 100%. You could put Shakari at the top because of her recent dominance, but this is her yeah. first world championships. You put Sh Sharika on top because she's amazing at the 200, but she's never won 100 gold. You could put Tolu there because she's always been there, or you could put Julian Alfred because. Julian Offord just beat Shakari Richardson. Let's not forget about that. Like, yeah. Julian Offord's pretty damn good. Has Julian Offord lost a race this year? 
That's a great question. I don't think she has. And I must say I'm all for the nails because she's manifesting gold here. So she went through the mix zone, showed off her nails. Should we include, uh, so hundreds and six, just hundreds. Let's do hundreds only because, but she, she, this girl has not lost a race. She wins all of her prelims. Dude, Julian Offord might win it. She's undefeated. Yes, again, it's a difference of yeah. racing against collegiates than the best other women in the world that the pros are doing. But still, never lost is I a think stat she deserves. Line. I think she deserves to be in that conversation, though. She's one of the best in the world. Yeah, she's in the top Most five. definitely. According to the odds, she's not favored to medal. The medal odds favor um, Shelly Ann... Sharika and Shikari. So, don't be we'll surprised see. though. Well, I, know. I put money on Julian Offer to medal. So <laughs> I'm going to need some money. <laughs> we'll go over my my gambling. So we're nine bets in, and I'm still positive. I still have positive money after nine bets. So well, that's good. We got to keep it going because <laughs> I got to take you out on the steak dinner. We got to win big. Yes, and we're gonna take a. Amanda out. We can take, take you Amanda. out. We'll take, yeah. It's going to be great. That's the plan. <laughs> any other things on the two on the 100? I mean, I couldn't really think of any other reactions. It's more just my biggest thought was seeing that three of the women are going to be in the same semifinal, and that could yeah. screw things up. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, again, it is similar to yesterday. Like, it's the first round. Lasers shaking off cobwebs. Gonna get refocused for tomorrow. So don't cruise. That's all I ask. Uh Heptathlon Anna Hall. She needed oh, to win the 800 by three seconds. Ends up only winning it by a second and a half. Still runs the fastest 800 in a championship heptathlon. Uh still runs 204, but Johnson Thompson of Great Britain. She just had a big enough lead that she was able to maintain the distance from Anna Hall and gets the win. You could tell Anna Hall was disappointed because based off her season last year and this year, you think this is a good opportunity to win gold. Um, the Belgian athlete was hurt, so you're thinking, all right, your number one competition isn't here. You should get the win, but she comes up short and gets second. What did you think? My heart was shattering. Shattering. It was just, it was so hard to watch. And I hate how the stream had the the points on the bottom left hand. And I'm just, like, my anxiety is going through the roof. And again, that's the thing when sometimes when it comes, you know, when it comes to heptathlon and just the multis in general, like you're you're kind of putting faith that the other person does like doesn't do what you want them to do, right? So as you mentioned, Anna Hall had to win and beat Great Britain's athlete by three seconds. Yeah. You know? So it's like I have to just execute that. And the and as soon as the gun went off and Anna Hall pushed off the line, the first hundred, I was like, I know this woman is getting out. She is putting everything out there. Still ran exceptionally well in 20 points to Gordon. Like not talking about a couple hundred points. We're talking about 20 points separated 
Johnson Thompson from Hall. Like, gosh, it like rips my heart out. You're 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 getting yourself emotionally attached to these American athletes. I am. I am. I'm a huge Anna Hall fan. I've had a chance to talk with her before the season really kicked off, and she's just a tremendous athlete. And I feel like she's like superwoman. I feel like she (laughs) almost does the impossible things. And just coming up just a little bit short. And I know she mentioned um, in one of her interviews that like she didn't even know she was going to come to Budapest too. So like just with everything going on, the little hiccups that she was dealing with and she came away with silver, which is still amazing. But like you said, when she crossed that finish line and it's just like the camera's on her, you can just feel it. That like she wanted it so bad, just came up a little bit short today. Yeah. Other field events, women's long jump. Uh, Tara Davis, after round one, had the, fat, the best jump. But then second jump, uh, Valletta jumps over seven meters and then over seven meters again, jumping the world lead. And Tara never was able to uh, get a better jump than her first jump and had an opportunity in the sixth round, but comes up short, still gets her first medal. Uh, is it her first yeah. medal? Did she medal last year? She I, didn't medal last year. I believe, I believe this is her first medal. First medal. Uh, so... Another American again, silver, but Valletta, world lead. If you're going to jump the world lead, the best time to do it is in the world championships. So, Exactly. Yeah, I do it at the world championships for sure. Congrats <laughs> to her. The, men, the men's hammer throw. Um, you know, we're, we're a big hammer throw podcast here. Olivia, I'm not sure if you know this, but we love the hammer throw. Uh, awesome. Ethan, Ethan Katzberg of Canada wins it. 81-25. The Americans, Daniel Howe finishes sixth. Rudy Winkler finishes eighth. I lost money on this one. I bet that Winkler would beat Cockhan, but Cockhan finished fifth and Winkler finished eighth. So lost $100. But it's okay because it's not the ones you lose. It's all about the next one. You just got to keep going. White, yep. You know, but what's the, what's the word? Uh, lick your wounds. Lick your wounds and on to the next. Now let's talk a little bit about some first rounds. We had the men's and women's right. 400s, the men's 400 hurdles, and the one men's 110 hurdles. First of all, men's 400 hurdles, we're not even going to talk about it because nothing happened. Nothing happened in the <laughs> men's 400 major. hurdles. So instead of talking about the men's 400 hurdles, we should talk about something else. Let's talk about something else for like 60 seconds. What's on your mind, Olivia? We're not going to talk about the men's 400 hurdle prelims because nothing happened. So – what can we talk about for 60 seconds? Can we talk about how Britton Wilson fails to qualify in the 400 hurdle? In the 400? Yeah, we should probably talk about that. Women's 400. What happened? What it just happened? Didn't look, it, it didn't look right. 53 she... seconds. It's not the Britton Wilson we're used to seeing. Yeah, it's clearly it, there's a diff. If she's either gonna be in gold medal contention or she's clearly not there and it's gonna finish dead last, I think it would have been even more surprising if she finished like second or third and like struggled. But this was clearly like a binary situation. 
and it was a zero day as opposed to a one day where she would have easily cruised to victory. But I'm guessing the long season took a toll on her. Obviously, we saw what happened at NCAAs when she tried to pull off the double. She's been dealing with a couple injuries. And this is a thing that collegiate athletes in the NCAA system, this is one of the challenges that they deal with is now some athletes are able to do it. Well, you know, Adeleke of Texas, she won won her heat easily and she had the same schedule as Wilson. But uh, sometimes the long season gets to you, right? I mean, Olivia, did you ever run way past June? Yes. When I made the USA World Junior Team, I remember finishing NCAAs exhausted and made another team. And I was so exhausted going to, I believe we went to Barcelona, Spain. So it was just hard running all those rounds and just having a long season as it is. Like we have to think about it. It is the end of August right now. Most of these yeah. collegiate athletes, like they're starting to go to school. I remember when I was at cross country season. the first week of, it's cross country season. Exactly. Um, and just thinking about it, like I, I remember for me as just being a sprinter, the first week of class, I was just in the weight room. Like coaches wanted us to get adjusted the week afterwards. That's when we started actually like really, really training. So to think about that, it's the end of August and some of these athletes would have started training are now finishing a long season with, you know, pretty much no break. It's, it's a huge toll. So that was another question I had going into these championships with the athletes that competed collegiately all season. How are they going to push through it, especially right now? It's a long season. Yeah, long season. I put money on her. She was plus 650 to win gold. As soon as, uh, obviously, uh, Nasir pulled out, um, another top athlete pulled out as well. Obviously, no... Uh, Obviously, you know, Sydney, you know, Shawnee Miller Weibo. She's not, she's focusing on 2024. She runs mm-hmm. her first race the year after having her baby. Yeah. Just four months ago. Yeah, four months ago. Talk about 52. recovery. <laughs> <laughs> she's making moms out yeah. there look like, what have, what have you done? I go out there and I run 52 second 400s. <laughs> exactly. I can't even she's, imagine. She, like, that's amazing. Four months. And then, of course, Lena Irby and Talitha Diggs qualify with the big Q safely on to the next round. So just trucking away here. Yeah. No, no, no. The, I mean, the big surprise there, obviously, was Britton Wilson. We thought she's, yeah. you know, in contention to medal. And she ends up getting dead last in her heat. In the uh, men's 400, it was very similar. A lot of the big stars got through. Two of the Americans got through, Norwood and Quincy Hall. Bryce Dedman, though, did not get through. Um, I think Stephen Gardner and Wade Van Niekirk, that's going to be the two. They're going to be battling yeah. out two rounds from now in the final. And then uh, who else? I mean, were there any other surprises in that 400? Not really. Again, there's no need to go crazy. You only had to run like 44 high to qualify. So like Karani James had the 14th fastest time. So. Uh, Things yeah. were pretty he, chill there. He won 44 and 91 to win his heat. 
So now this last event, I kind of want to dive deep into. So the men's 110 hurdles. Broadbell falls. And all of a sudden, so Grant Holloway was plus one. I know we can turn this into a gambling. He was plus 150 to win the title. And the reason why is because Grant Holloway can sometimes loses to Broadbell, right? Or loses to Hansel Park. Like, you, we knew Broadbell was the guy who could beat Grant. And then as soon as Broadbell fell and Grant easily cruises through, Grant Holloway went from like plus 150 to win to like minus 600. Just like that, he went from like slight favorite to extreme heavy favorite, all because one athlete wasn't able to get through the first round. Because after Grant, you look at the other heats, no one else stood out to me. Like Daniel Roberts yeah. didn't win his heat. Uh, Cordell Tinch finished like fourth in his heat. Grant Holly was the only one that, that looked like to watch. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Tinch, I specifically remember him just pretty much knocking almost every single hurdle. Every, pretty much everyone got touched. And of course, he mentioned like world championship jitters. So glad it happened in that first round. And then come semifinals, you just got to, you got to put it together. You got to clean it up. Otherwise, you can kiss the dreams of making it to the finals. Goodbye at that point. Yeah, and I was doing some analysis to like uh, try to figure out who I was going to put money on in the, for the final. Because obviously, you don't want to put it on Grant because you won't win actual money. You bet $100 and you win like 10 because he's the heavy favorite. And I was looking at past seasons, past championships, 2022, 2021, and 2019. The medalists all won their heat convincingly or got second in their heat to the uh, another eventual medalist. So you got to look at the heat winners, and that is most likely going to be your, your top three. And when you do that, when you look at the heat winners of the top three, there's not a lot of big names who won their heat. Again, this is based off of the past right. – Three to four seasons, typically the men who win their 110 hurdle opening round are typically the, they all, one of the three, the three of them are end up meddling. So here are the heat winners. Mm -hmm. Hansel Parchment. I can see him meddling now, obviously Olympic champion. Heat two, Wilhelm Bel Belsione. Belsione? I don't want to say his name. But like, I, think I don't think he's going to, I don't look at him as a, a favorite to medal. Then you have from Senegal. Luis Mendy, I don't see him meddling. Obviously, Grant Holloway won his heat. And then heat five, Tade Ojora. Sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. He won his heat from Great Britain. No one had those names as medal. Like It was Broadbell, Holloway, Cordell Tinch, Daniel Roberts. And that was like the big five or whatever. So you see these heat winners. We're going to see two people medal here with Grant Holloway. Who no one had on their form sheet as like you can medal because we just assumed it was Roberts, Tinch, Broadbell. I think it's interesting. So expect So you don't think you don't think Roberts will medal? No, I don't think Roberts or Cordell Tinch will medal. He was four hundred 
of a second Ofram or Jura? I'm telling you. 400. There's something about I, – I thought the same thing. I was like, all right, well, Roberts is still fine. The past three years, every medalist <laughs> won their first round. They certainly didn't get third in the first round. He got third in his heat. He got third. Yes, you only had to be top four. Everyone's cruising. There's jitters. But Grant Holloway doesn't get third in his heat. Hansel Parsman didn't get third in his heat. So I think uh, we're going to see a really weird podium outside of Holloway. Like, I, I could see Roberts and Tinch, I do not think are going to medal. I do not think they're going to medal. I think Roberts will. I feel like it's his. I mean, he should. He's a sub 13 guy. He can he wins USA. He goes up, he does well at USA. So he should, but I don't know. Something about the hurdles. If you don't run good in the first <laughs> round, it means something. The hurdles is stumping Gordon over here. Yeah. Makes no sense. All right. Olivia, so as you know, I'm gambling $100 yes. in every event. We have an update. We have an update on where I am with my life savings. I've been putting all my life savings on this yearly bet. So, Amanda, if you can grab the uh, – here's a graphic. So I've done nine bets so far. I'm th I got three of them right and six of them wrong. The Not two that – you know what's saving me is the race walk. I'm two and two in the race walk. I'm really good at predicting race walk, apparently. I'm like the greatest race walk gambler of all time. Obviously, I got the heptathlon run, right? Now, two of these bets don't count. The cranny and Kincaid, that was to see if I could just win thousands of dollars. But getting all wrong, obviously getting Curly wrong, um, getting Tara Davis wrong. She got second. I had her for gold. So as of right now, I'm up $140. So I've gambled $900, and I've made $1,040. Uh, so I'm up $140. Here are my next four picks. Olivia, can you, okay. can you read the screen? My next four picks? Yes. All yes. right. So triple jump. I'm taking the Algerian to medal at plus 250. In the discus throw, I'm taking Weisting. I don't even know how to say his name. But a European to medal. But here's where I'm going for it. I'm putting a lot of hope in parchment to medal at plus 175. And Alfred to medal at plus 275. I think those two sprinters are going to help rally me to stay in the positive. Do you think I'm good? Do you, do you think I'm going to go four for four, three for four, two for four, oh for four? What do you think? Oh, goodness. I, I, I'm with you with the parchment for the 110. I know we talked about the women's 100. There's just five solid girls going into it. Of course, not all five of them can medal. I like yeah. Alfred, though. I, I'm. I'm rooting for Alfred to medal. Woo, triple jumping discus. Because I want I mean, the steak I'm, dinner, I'm going to say you're four for four. Yeah. Again, this is only, <laughs> yeah, we, we're going four for four. So um, there's like 48 <laughs> bets. We're very early. So even if we go down, we can still rally back and win some money on the back half. But it's better to be up right now than down. And yeah, I guess I didn't. I just I probably should have been more judicial with my 10k picks. I got a little fan heavy and be like, it'll be fun if Cranny medaled or if Kincaid won, but that I shouldn't have. Yeah, done you that. got I just really wasted two hundred dollars. Excited. Got excited. I wasted. Yeah. So 
All right, Olivia, day two in the books. Day two in the books. Any last thoughts? <laughs> Any last thoughts? I'm excited for tomorrow. Day three. Let's go. What's tomorrow? What? Oh, we just went over it. The, the women's uh, 100, the men's 110. There's some 400 semifinals. So we'll learn a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And then 400 hurdle heats for the women. There's no morning session now. No morning session. So just no more morning sessions. Besides later in the week when you have another set of race walks and then some qualification stuff later. I must say I'm excited for the women's pole vault happening. Why is that? Um, that? The women's pole vault. I'm excited for. Uh, There's a well, Hannah Mall who is the national high school record holder is going to be competing. She's going to be going to Washington next year. So made her first senior team. So she's going to be in that group B. Um, so I'm just looking forward to seeing what she does. And of course, with Sandy looking Morris, at, I'm a huge Sandy yeah. Morris fan too. I'm looking at the men's 400 hurdle heats. See if there's any like, Death heat. Ooh, we have a death heat. So in the men's, so the men's side? hurdle. Yeah, on the men's side. Because they're in the semifinals okay, now. Heat? Yes. Heat three. Heat. heat three. You have Warholm, Trevor Bassett, and Copello. Yep. You have and I mean you have basically one, two. Three, four, five guys, six, six guys, five guys who've run 47 seconds, and then Carson Warholm who's run 45. So it's just a lot of 47 second guys. So compared to like Heat 2, there's only four guys who are 47 or faster. Heat 1 has three guys who are 47 or faster. Heat 3 has six guys who are 47 or faster. So he, he three is a death heat. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you listeners. Day two, seven more days to go before you know it, it's going to be over and we're going to be talking about the diamond league again, but uh, like, and subscribe and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Three o'clock.